Hey guys, well, we are super excited to announce that we're on CastBox now. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, and it does have all your favorite podcasts, okay? Okay, you can still listen to Dumb Gay Politics wherever you get your podcasts, but we just want you to try CastBox. And we're super excited that we're finally on CastBox because we think it's the best. So try it. Uh-huh, it's all shit, it's all just dumb gay politics America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that Cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit it's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we recap the week in politics like we're talking about the week in reality TV. And we're about to go to Austin, bitch. Oh, I mean, the fans are clamoring. Okay? <laughs> Austin is a buzz. It's a Twitter and a titter. And I don't know what to say. We've made it so that the venue itself cannot contain cannot contain i mean we've ha- we are damn near sold out mm-hmm. so get on we do need to ask everyone um we need to throw it out there okay now my cousin brooklyn she's five months pregnant if that wasn't bad enough <laughs> she has backed out of singing the opening song <clears throat> you know ladies when they get pregnant they get they get bogged down she already has another little daughter mm. and um it probably just became too much to say, uh-huh, it's all shit. <laughs> it's all just doing it, Yeah, we really wanted that country America. jam. So if anyone is going right. who sings country, sings blues, sings it all, has an, any interest in going up there and singing the opening song, we really um, want to hear from you. You can send us a message on our website, www.julianbrandy.com. I don't want Julie to sing it because Julie <laughs> and Linda are our our live podcast dream team and we want oh. to hold that over everyone's head <laughs> for selling tickets in the future. Right. That's the right. that's the touring show we want to have and in order to get that um, everybody needs to sign up for Patreon for $100 right. and then <laughs> we can do that. We can facilitate that tour. Right. Yeah, um sorry but I couldn't get my fee met. You know what yes, I mean? right. We can't From afford you. We yes. can't afford you. We can't afford me. Right. So we really and we right. really want, um, you know, fans or friends or friends or strangers. We don't care. We want yes. someone else to sing it. It's fun. It's, it's exciting. Great. We'd fly Greer if we had one dollar. I know. I know. I know. That would be so great. But it would be somebody in Austin. There's got to be somebody in Austin who would love to to do the opening song and have that moment of glory and, you know. <laughs> Be a part of history. <laughs> That's right. Be a part of history. So let us know if you guys know anyone or you can leave us a message on Patreon or go to our website. Um, and we're looking for that and we're coming to you. We're coming on Saturday. 
crazy. And it's going to be on. It's going it. to be really on. Um, but we do want you to sign up for our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. It's where we talk about everything that is not politics. You get to learn so much more about us and uh, all of our weird shit. Yeah. There's food challenges. There's Cardi B giveaways. Oh, yes. That's right. The new food challenge. I'm not going to say it now, but there could be a new food challenge on the way. Yes. A, a, a listener, a Patreon member sent it in. Yep. And we have, you've eaten um, begging strips. <laughs> yes. You've eaten um, an egg with a shell on it. <laughs> yes. You've eaten an orange in the shower. Uh-huh, yes. In the actual shower. Yes, I did. Because I, apparently that was a thing. So I tried it. Yeah. So we have done food challenges. It's a strange, it's a, it's a strange phenomenon. We've started up on the Patreon, but mm-hmm. um, now we have a new one on the horizon and it does involve Pop Rocks. Yes, I'm, I'm pretty excited to try it. And please, by all means, send in your, your challenges. I'll tell you this right now, though. I don't eat bugs. I absolutely will not eat bugs. I will not eat anything like, you know... Look, why don't you try eating eyeballs inside of it? No, no. I'm not doing that also, shit. Also, don't send in your page, um, your food challenge unless you're a member of the Patreon. Also. <laughs> P.S. P.S. That's right. I'm not paying attention unless you're doing, we're doing it on the Patreon. Our esteemed digital artist, Jennifer Johnson, sent us little red M&M gumball machines. Mm-hmm. They're so cute. And by the way, Jennifer, we have been standing so hard for M&Ms that are like caramel on caramel the inside. Caramel on the inside. Do you say caramel or caramel? Caramel. Oh, should I be saying caramel? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure I now. think I was saying caramel. Uh, well, but you're know. a big fan. I love caramel. <laughs> so I'm going to let I you. I love it. She loves it. It's one of my favorite sweet things. Salted caramel is my favorite. Which I initially showed you. Yes, remember? you did. And it changed I'll your life. never forget that. <laughs> That small glass of heaven at Mezzo. Mazzo. Mazzo. What is it called? Mazzo. Mazzo. Oh. Mazza. Ma- I don't know. I think ma- Mezzo. Nope. Hmm. Isn't it M-A- Mazza. Nope. Oh. Mazza. Instead- I don't know. Anyway, it's a super baller-ass restaurant. I think that lady might have gotten... She was in with Mario Batali, wasn't he? Wasn't That's she? what I thought, that that restaurant was Mario Batali's yeah, situation. No, it's like Nancy Silverton or something. and But anyway. That salted caramel cha- was uh, life-changing. And it's, uh, I can't even deal. So this is, though they are delicious. So we're going to put the M&M's, the, the caramel, caramel M&M's in the little gumball. They're like, they're M&M machines, but they look like little gumball machines. Right. They're so fucking cute. Yes. So thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Maricela Tenorio sent us a postcard of her and her chihuahuas, Jake and Chico. <laughs> And she's coming to Austin, and we're so excited to see her in person. Yes. Do you sing, Maricela? <laughs> we're hoping that's how you say your name. Do you sing? I hope you do. I'm- You're a beautiful girl. Bring Chico. Bring him on stage. <laughs> bring Jake. Sing that opening song. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, sexy couple Jody Jacobson and Jen Jenis mm-hmm. sent us a picture of them at the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a.k.a. the Gator <laughs> exhibit at Skirball in L.A. We legit thought yeah. they were judges <laughs> yes. and almost had a heart attack. Like, are they judges? Are they actual judges? Uh, like, they ha- looked like it. Are they? At, maybe they were at their judge ceremony? Yeah, they were at a judge convention. Yeah. We had. I had an existential moment where I was like, judges can't listen to this bullshit. <laughs> we can't have any judges. It'll ruin the country. I know. And then I thought to myself, like, I'm doing something called Judge Julie and judges <laughs> are listening judges. to this. They must be like, this idiot is saying, hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But then it turns out 
Jen and Jody were just at the exhibit looking fucking very judgy realness. Mm -hmm. Judge Jody and Judge Jen. <laughs> realness, honey. We love you guys. Thank you so much for the picture. It's mm -hmm. going on the wall. And finally, um, Shannon Sanders. Uh, she didn't say her last name, but I went ahead and looked it up on Patreon. Oh. Shannon San Sanders sent us a card and some pics of her sexy ass family, including her very <laughs> sexy ass baby. Uh, now he is a stunner, right? Meow meow. He sure is. This guy is a stunner. Okay. He um, is just killing it. She said, Fox and I listen to you together every Tuesday. Yes, I named him after Agent Fox Mulder <laughs> of the X-Files. I've been planning that since 1999. And then she drew that. like the X from the X-Files. It's great. He is the sexiest baby. We love him. Fox. He's foxy. He's foxy. He and he, um, she sent us a card on some stationery that's pretty funny. Uh, she says, Dear Julian Brandy. My godmother gave me these ugly ass note cards. Don't judge me. You two are a breath of fresh air in a world that's 99.99999% shit or the equivalent of three Brett Kavanaugh's. I had a baby last year and I've never been so determined to fight the power or smash the nuts. He needs a better world than this to live in. Keep up the good work and enjoy these pics of my family. I want to insert sexy family there. Stay out of your feelings in 2019. Drink all the whiskey and do all the drugs. Love you both so much and promise to keep updating my $2 pledge every time I lose and replace my debit card. Heart Shannon S. Mm -hmm. I mean, Shannon, thank great. you. Your, your baby and your card and all of you guys, Jody, Jen, Maricela, everybody and Jennifer Johnson made us smile. Yeah. And we have a foxy baby out there listening yeah. to our, <laughs> to our podcast. And I love it. Um, I love it when people, um, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I at first I'm like, oh god, do I make people feel like they're if they have boys that they're or not? But they're the I love to hear like you know these people who have little baby boys and are like, I'm gonna make sure that he grows up to be a gentleman and yeah. he's a, gonna be a good guy and smash the nuts. And it's like that's right, and that's exactly what we need to have happen. So and, it's nice. To and hear. we need to think about Fox and all the babies that are that are out there that um since we don't have children of our own. Mm. We need to do it for all the baby birdies and all the baby foxes. That's right. We have a baby That's named right. Birdie and a baby named Fox. That's cute. That's so cute. That are going to be left with this planet. <laughs> well, right now, let's get to Eye of the Shitstorm. You take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. All right. So <clears throat> this week, there were a lot of different shit nobules flying around in the shitstorm. There were Jeff Bezos, Amazon extortion nobules, and Matthew Whitaker, attorney general, hearing nobules, Virginia government blackface and sexual assault nobules. But swirling around in the background of it all was Trump's border wall and the impending government shutdown nobule. Democrat and Republican appropriations committees have been in bipartisan talks since Trump declared a temporary stop to the record-breaking 35-day government shutdown. Okay. Well, time's up on the temporary government funding this coming Friday. And unfortunately, the bipartisan talks have hit the skids. <laughs> <laughs> the official fight that they are having now isn't even about the wall. It's about beds in ICE detention centers. Democrats are trying to limit the number of beds to 16,000. So Trump 
can't go crazy and arrest all of California <laughs> and put them in detention centers paid for by us. He is. He has <laughs> lost his mind. Yeah. I mean, okay, so as of now, it's looking like the government might shut back down on Saturday. And let me just get back to the beds. The beds, it's so crazy that the Republicans, if you have been watching this at all, they are trying to paint a picture of the Democrats being that they don't want any detention centers. In fact, they not only want open borders, they want all the rapists to come in I mean, rapists. And, and just come right in and not have anywhere to stay. Exactly. Have nowhere to stay. <laughs> They don't want the rapists to be anywhere. No, but it's they think that they don't. They are saying Democrats don't want beds in detention centers. That way, nobody can be detained. And it's like, right. Nobody more than 16,000. This ain't a soup kitchen, honey. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Like how many people? It's like with prisons. How many prisons do you need? Yeah. It's like, Maybe we need to think of it in a different way. Yeah. Sirs. Yeah. And it's like, I'm at this point. I'm like, let them in. But I ain't trying to pay for their where they sleep. No. Nobody pays my rent. Nobody. Nobody does. <laughs> and I'm sick of it. <laughs> so as of now, it's looking like the government might shut back down on Saturday. Ugh. Neither side appears to want to give in. And Trump knows that ultimately he can he can and will call the border a state of emergency and get all the money he needs for the wall anyway. And if there were any doubts about how huge his hard on is for the border wall on Monday night, he held a huge rally in El Paso, the place where he wants to build the majority of the wall. And simultaneously, while President Trump, that's what I like to call him. Oh, yes, President Trump. While President Trump's disgusting MAGA rally was happening <laughs> in a huge coliseum filled with red hats and giant and a giant red sign that said, finish the wall. Directly across the street was a counter rally led by Beto O'Rourke. Just in case you don't know, don't care or simply don't remember, Beto O'Rourke ran for senator in Texas and almost beat that motherfucker Ted Cruz Ugh. in this past midterm election. He's a super interesting guy. If you haven't seen it, Google his interview on Bill Maher. Now, he probably is a tad too thoughtful to be a senator representing Texas, which isn't known for its subtlety or emotionally available men. No offense, Greg Garino, he is one. Um, but, but Beto sure as shit isn't too thoughtful to be president, right, Meow Meow? No, he's... He's, in fact, perfect for that job, in our opinion. Mm-hmm. We um, love him for president, and I, you know, as a as a... Woman, uh huh. Uh, woman loving woman. <laughs> yeah, a woman who has no interest in men at at all. Uh, I really like him and feel that he could win. And we, um, you know, there's a lot of women running, and there's a whole thing right now with like who's going to run in 2020, and every woman who's ever been born is now on the docket. Every single one. Pam, are you running? Can oh, you my put- mom's running. Yeah. Your mom's running. <laughs> my neighbor's running. Their neighbor's running. Your neighbor's running. I hate your neighbor. I know. Well, we're not running her. And <laughs> she's on the list of people that don't get voted for. <laughs> okay. And um, I mean, everybody's running. Everybody, every woman that's every ever lived. Every single one. Okay. So, all right. And then you want to go, well, I want a woman to be president and blah, blah. And I'm not saying I don't. I do. I do want a woman to be president. But Beto is, and this is the, it's funny that I feel like we are in a a weird. (laughs) Yeah, well. He's a little shit. um, Like there is a little, there's something happening now. It's not that it's the same, but I do feel like we're being given the same test that we were given when Hillary was like around like a similar test of what are we going to do? Are we going to vote for, are we going to make this choice? The choice that's right. Even though maybe we want 
something to look like this. We want, we had Obama. We thought we had, you know, the change and blah, blah, blah. But that Beto's white and he's a man and he's straight and he's all these things. It's like, those aren't the things we want to stand for now. But I feel like we need to open our hearts. That's right. We need to open our minds. We need to see what the universe is showing us. We need to stop being so caught up in these things that we think are true, these things that we think when we put these things on people that we think that they are or whatever and listen and see what's going on. And he really and and in the scheme of things and when you think about who he's going to run against or who the person's going to run against and what we're running up against. Right. It might just be that he is the perfect person to be able to win and begin again and right. make room for this change. And if he had a and it, and whether or not he has a, a woman, a female running mate or not, which he will, we've never had a woman vice president either. No, we That's haven't. still great and still exciting. And mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke, if anything, he grew up in a like he's multilingual. He grew up in a super like culturally like enmeshed area in El Paso. And I mean, we're gonna play a clip from his his um competing mm-hmm. rally. But I mean, if anyone is, you know, he might be, I guess, technically on paper. Um, a straight white guy, mm-hmm. but um, at least he's not old because that's one of the things. These old white men everywhere. <laughs> that's true. And he's he is giving you shades of not being. He's giving you shades of a, a person of color. He's definitely right. giving you an under deeper understanding, a, a deeper understanding. And I do believe this, and I do believe that from my heart. I believe that we need to have. We need it's. There's something about seeing. I don't know how else to say it, but the fact that he is a straight white guy is kind of good too. Not for any other reason than to have one that's good. <laughs> that's right. You're right. You know right. what I mean? And they've just, really to gotten, show us yep. that maybe there's more than, you know, hopefully there's more than one. <laughs> but that... Right. That's a good point. That it too, can turn the tide on this idea that we all have right now, that straight white guys are the, the problem. And believe me, they're there. Yeah. But... It could help the cultural... It's like the yes, culture war. It can help. We got to like, yeah, we're all going to have to open our hearts. Like you said, because we've closed our hearts down. We've closed our hearts down. Yeah. And to, and, and, and I, you know, I listen, you my, were the leader of it. My, you told everyone to close. Them. I am the leader <laughs> of it. I am. I am. I am. But I think it's important to, in order to change that we, and to, to change and to win, um, and then to change again and to whatever, to keep the change going. That like it's like living it to, to live in reality. Take your idealism and take, but you have to be in reality. And how is this going to work? And the real the way the game is played and how it's going to go down. Yeah, like we're trying to strategize and angle and figure it out and whatever. And I just do think like that guy is cool. He's <laughs> ultimately he's, ultimately the guy's cool. He's on the right side of the law. He and if you throw him out there, the dumb bitches who voted for Trump who are who were like I don't know, they'll be like I'm going to go with him because he's hotter. And that is what they'll do. Yeah. That's how basic they are. And listen, I'm right there. I'm like, who's younger? (laughs) That's who I vote for. Right. Um, Okay, so um, I just wanted to have full transparency and let you guys know there were a lot of choices for Shitstorm this week, as we said Mm -hmm. in the intro. Mm -hmm. And we selected this because we were hoping that Beto was going to announce his run. Yeah, yeah. And we waited 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 and we ate snacks and we put it (laughs) off and now it's, Real, real late in the game, and he never <laughs> announced it. So we're like, okay. Um, so we're we're slightly disappointed, but he did say on Oprah he was on whatever. What's her thing called? Super Bowl. Super, Super Bowl Soul, Sunday. Super Soul Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said he was gonna um decide this month, right? 
And um, so we're waiting, and and like we've just said, we're we're hoping. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is this is a clip from from Donald Trump's rally in El Paso. We're not going to play any of his fucking garbage that he's just talking about. It's a it's a campaign rally, is all it is, and he's certainly you know, going off about the wall and whatever the fuck. But here's mm-hmm. this little bit where he talks about Beto and he, um, he's, he sort of, he's definitely throwing shade and he's trying to be a hater, but I don't think he ever says his name, but that's what he's talking about because the other rally is right across the street. Like okay. we said, we, I, we, I'm one and one. I'm one for one. Think of it. We're, we had one election. We won. Now we're going to be two for all and everything's going to be perfect. But a young man who's got very little going for himself, except he's got a great first name. He is, he challenged us. So we have, let's say, 35,000 people tonight, and he has 200 people, 300 people, not too good. So I don't know if that's true about the, the number of people. I mean, certainly... Beto didn't have as many as Trump, but they pay they pay those people to attend. It's like being a seat filler. They do right. that. It's like a classic thing to do in L.A. For sure. They pay them. El Paso's blue. It's not even red. Texas right. might be a red state, right. but El Paso is like a like a blue city for sure. They went like 60 percent or 70 for Hillary. And um, you paid seat fillers, motherfucker. And he didn't announce president. And I'm goddamn annoyed. I know. I'm at Beto. so annoyed. I think had Beto O'Rourke had he said it was a rally for him, then he probably would have gotten more people rather than just being an anti-wall rally. And people are like, how many more rallies? Yeah. And it was like a whole march and that sounded probably exhausting to people. Like, I don't need to march down the street. Right. All that stuff. But I bet you had he had like a rally or a campaign rally where people thought he'd be announcing his presidency, he would have had thousands of people there. But I don't think he even cares. He's like, even if I get 300, that's the whole great thing about him is that even when he went all through Texas, he went to really small counties and areas and just... Talk to people. That's yeah. what he wants to do. And um, so we'll play a little bit of, of his his rally. Okay. Here in the largest mm. binational community in the Western Hemisphere, two and a half million people from two countries speaking two languages with two cultures and two histories who come together, are joined, not separated by the Rio Grande River, forming something far greater and more powerful than the sum of people or the sum of our parts. We have so much to give, so much to show the rest of the country, and we're doing it right now. No teleprompter. Mm -hmm. It's not holding cards. Here. Here. A city that has been one of the safest in the United States of America for 20 years and counting safe long before a wall was built here in 2008. In fact, a little less safe after that wall was built. We can show the rest of the country as we make our stand here together tonight that walls do not make us safer. Walls will require us to take someone's property, their house, their farm, their ranch, to build a wall 
at a time of record low northbound apprehensions, at a time that El Paso is not the outlier in the cities of the border. In fact, if you look at McAllen, if you look at San Diego, if you look at all points in between, the U.S. cities of the U.S.-Mexico border are far safer than the U.S. cities deeper in the interior of the United States of America. Well, well, I mean, it was still a great speech. It's like about 25 minutes long and he's just up there going off and it's it was really cool. And even though he didn't announce that he's going to run yet, yet, mm -hmm. that was uh, the eye of the shit storm for (laughs) you. So let's stop talking about the crappy ass wall. Um and go off limits with somebody who's pretty fucking cool. Let's have a kiki. I wanna have a kiki. Lock the doors. Right. Let's have a kiki. Motherfucker. I'm gonna let you have it. Let's have a kiki. I wanna have a kiki. Die, turn, work. Let's have a kiki. We are gonna serve. And work and turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. This is the part of the show where we get to talk to someone else besides each other about a subject that's usually off limits, politics. Our guest today is an insanely popular podcaster, author, and person. Literally, the second I heard her voice, I was desperate for her to be my friend. I would bet my life that in her high school yearbook, she was voted most likable and most likely to succeed, and those two things rarely go hand in hand. (laughs) They certainly do in this case, but she didn't become a podcasting darling overnight. She started out in 2009 doing a weekly streaming internet show from her apartment, we can relate, and then just (laughs) a year later was scooped up by the Adam Carolla show where she became the breakout star that she is today. She was awesome on Adam Carolla, but she cemented a place in our hearts when she threw that shit deuces and started her own podcast, which turned into a huge hit, which she turned into a huge hit simply by being herself, beautiful and sweet and authentic and smart and totally fucking funny. Her hilarious book is called Tropical Attire Encouraged and other phrases that scare me. And her podcast is called Allison Rosen is your new best friend. She probably regrets naming it that because we aggressively stalked her and then formed bonds that can never be broken (laughs) as long as we live. Please welcome our new best friend for life, Allison Rosen. Hi, Hi, Allison. Hi, that was so nice. That was the nicest intro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I do want to be real life friends with you guys. And we're neighbors now, so there's there's no avoiding it. Right. Although I'm just going to walk by. Yeah. If you take your um, children to the park across the street from my house, don't don't, don't drop by. Yeah, just yeah. I'll call ahead. I'll, yeah. Text, or text, text ahead, me. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll peer out the window and be like, am I? Okay, I'll go out. I remember when I lived in Costa Mesa, um, some friends of ours lived across the street, and I was talking to them, and I had like just moved into this place, and they're like, oh, how great we live near each other. Like, are you a like drop by person or call first? And I remember saying, call first. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a drop by yeah. person. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know how people, I mean, talk about disruptive. Like, it's like, what? I'm going to get that ring doorbell just so I can, not even for package stealing. Mm-hmm. My car even has been slightly robbed in front of my house and i'm more just like i need to see who's at the door before Mm -hmm. i even walk over there it's good for that yeah i always regret answering the door if it's someone unexpected every time never i've never been happy that i've answered it (laughs) ever 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 never ever never one time no and i can't with solicitors because now i'm like i will now be robbed because i didn't buy the produce or whatever it is that they're selling (laughs) like i can't and i got a phone call from a um unlisted is that what it says it says uh, it's a, it thinks it's unlisted yeah. when it's 
an, or unknown. Oh, I think unknown. it was unknown. Yeah. I was expecting a call back from a doctor. And I feel like doctors are sometimes the only people who have blocked numbers. Mm. So I picked it up. No, it was a solicitor. <laughs> yes. Uh, I... I can tell you with 100% certainty that I have never picked up my phone and been happy about it. Right. I mean, there's no, Mm-mm. you're like, could this be, uh, mm. okay. So right off the bat, tell our 14 listeners <laughs> how you classify yourself politically liberal. So you're, you're a Democrat. Yes. For life. Yes. But you were, were, you're, aren't you from Orange County? I'm from Orange County. So, um, I remember, and this will show how old I am in first grade. Um, it was the, no, fourth grade. First grade was Reagan Carter. That's right. And right. They were against each other. And then fourth grade was Reagan Mondale. You didn't know this then, (laughs) did you? Well, yes. Although there's someone who knows everything about, or even just a little bit, who's like, you have that wrong. You have those years wrong. But I remember, and I don't know why, but I, I remember. I knew it was Reagan. That's all I knew. I, remember I never knew who was teacher was <laughs> saying like, oh, who are you voting for? Now, granted, we were, you know. Yeah, in fourth grade. and Or first grade, and we weren't voting. But my hand was like one of only two that went up for Carter and also for Mondale. Mm. So, yeah, I, I grew up in Orange County, conservative, Republican, athletic, mm. blonde, all things I'm not. Um, but I was always liberal, Democrat. Really? Yeah. Because uh, so your parent were your parents? Yes. How did they end up there? Because they have money. Um, I was born in Oakland, which I like to mention because I feel like it makes me sound tough and it gives me some cred. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then my dad's a doctor, retired now. Um, but Oakland was getting kind of rough, and he has two sons from his first marriage, and they were living with us, and he just felt like this wasn't the right 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 place to be raising them. So. He had a friend who had moved to Orange County and it was very safe and they kind of, I feel like it was sort of on a whim. I feel like they did not really research like what exactly sort of Stepfordville are we moving to? (laughs) It was just, it honestly was just, and now as a parent myself, I understand it even though I, I wouldn't do it, but I understand that like all that matters is that it's safe. Yeah. And so that's why they went there. It's weird um, how much more information people have now. Yeah. But like, and you would never move to a new place without being like, oh, what are they all Republicans? Or, right. you know, like it was Trump signs everywhere. Right. Whereas back then, who no. would, I just but never I had that kind of awareness. My mom kind of knew. She was from San Francisco and she had this sense that she was moving to like, like John Birch town. <laughs> Which is a real old <laughs> reference, but like a, a very like a place that she wasn't going to fit in necessarily. Were they political or were they just like, let's just keep. They were privately political. <laughs> yeah. They were privately political, but publicly very <clears throat> assimilationist. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm almost surprised that I was raising my hand for I think I was too young to realize that I'm like the only one raising my hand. Well, except that obviously I, I remember. But um yeah, I Isn't mean, I it think annoying now, though, when kids are political, like I, I hate when I hear a kid go like those liberals and I'm like, shut up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in any capacity. Right. Like, you know, it's, but but you do if your parents are into it. I mean, I you know, then you're into it. It's just the way. It yeah, is. I don't think I was like publicly super political, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm still not. I, I am. I feel like all bets are off right now because we're in such a weird time politically that I feel like a lot of people who maybe before weren't that outspoken politically. It's like you feel like I need to be now. So I have do become, you talk about it on your podcast? Not a ton on my podcast, but periodically I do. It's more like I will say stuff on Twitter 
I mean, I was just like most people really upset when the news was breaking about the migrant families being separated and the kids in cages. And so I talked about that a bit. Um, but for the most part, I don't really get into it on my on my podcast. Well, you have a huge audience. Half of them have to be conservative. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know that half of them are, but I do have conservatives who listen to me and they don't they don't want to hear the politics. Yeah, um, they never do. <laughs> they don't. And I feel and some of that is because when I was living in New York, I started going on Red Eye on Fox News, which do you remember that show with Tom Shalhoub? It was when it was Greg Gutfeld hosting it. Oh, oh God. <laughs> do you know him? Yeah. Tell us about him. So I worked for magazines um, before I got into all the before 2009. <laughs> um, I was a journalist for years and I knew of Gutfeld because he had been the editor in chief of Maxim UK. But before that, That's he right. was like the of editor in chief of I forget which which lad magazine here. And he was this larger than life figure because he kept doing stuff that would get him in trouble and then he would get like fired up though he would mm. instead of firing him they'd be like we can't have you as editor-in-chief anymore we're gonna have you as like editor at large or something and and so he would rise through the ranks but he had done wow just sort of like I don't know if he literally sent someone a bag of flaming poop like stuff like <laughs> that like he was just this sort of subversive guy who I was a little bit wary of because the stories like he just unpredictable um and so then and I had started going on television I was working at Time Out New York and I was appearing on the like on NBC on the weekend on their morning show talking about events going on in the city I like those appearances they're good oh thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really good and then a friend of mine who worked Bill Schultz who became a regular on Red Eye told me that um Greg Gutfeld was moving back from the UK and they were like getting this show off the ground. And I was kind of like, yeah, we'll see where that goes. And cause I, you know, it's now like a, I, I was a TV person as far as yeah. I was concerned because <laughs> I was doing some TV. Um, and the funny thing is that that turned into this really long running show. So then once it, it turned into a real show and it was on Fox, they invited me to come on. And so I, I started appearing on it pretty frequently. Um, so Greg has now, and I haven't talked to him in a, in a while. Um, I saw him, he when I was still doing Corolla, he came on the Corolla show and I saw him. But we we were close a long time ago. And he really took that from where I'm sitting, took that Fox job seriously and like quelled his instinct to sabotage his own life. Because mm. I feel like in all his magazine jobs, he had kind of sabotaged them. Um, but wh whereas whatever he's like, he's been at Fox now a long time. And I think he is very careful the way he's managed to keep that job is sort of out of character well, from the greg that but i they are douchebags there so whenever yeah. he gets into douchey territory <laughs> they're like oh this feels natural and on brand right. yeah well so maybe he's just found the place where that sort of yeah <laughs> that sort of energy works um yeah well so i i would go on red eye a lot but it started really just as this like weird oddball comedy show it wasn't that political but the people who were watching fox news were conservative um i Never, I was never conservative, but it just, like I said, it just wasn't that political at the beginning. And then it started becoming much more political. Um, but I wonder I why he doesn't have you come on the show now. His comedy one, you right. know that one? He has a panel. 
Does he have a panel? I yeah, haven't watched oh yeah. it in a long time. And there's time. always somebody who's like a little the token, the progressive, whatever, yeah. so that they can all yell at them. And then there's like He'd be great the, on that. Yeah, great. And because he he they do issues, and then it's like this huge wrestler, this whore, <laughs> this yeah, you know, whore whatever. Glasses. Right. You know what I mean? Like the fox type. Yes. Right. But she's in glasses, so she really looks porny. Yeah, porny. Porny. <laughs> yeah. Porny. And then. There's usually the the Democrat or progressive, and I think there's are one they more. all like around a table or are they no, at they're a desk? A, they're at a they're at a sofa. Oh, it's almost like okay. a night like a yeah, talk like a show. Night, right. Good. Night I gotta right. check that out. You do. You, you will immediately be on. I'll be like that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on Hannity and Combs one time. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. Talk about yeah. So once I started doing <laughs> Red Eye, then like other Fox shows started asking me to come on, and oh, I was such a, dream. a I was such a whore for t- this. Yeah. Is, this was before current politics though now i think it would be hard, much harder for me to do it but that <laughs> but what you're talking about of like inviting a progressive person on so everyone can shit on them yes. that was what Combs was oh that's uh, <laughs> what was hannity like he asked me ahead of time are you i don't know if he hit the terminology he used was are you right or left or are you conservative or liberal or republican or democrat but he's like sort of gauging where i am and he's mm-hmm. like it's better for our audience if you're conservative and i was like i'm not <laughs> interesting but i mean i was just there to talk about like entertainment i think i talked about um alec baldwin's like shitty message that he left his daughter yes. where he called her a little piggy or something like i oh, wasn't yeah. really talking politics right and i, mean, I did didn't really friends. call her a little piggy <laughs> what did he call but her? that's cute a whore um he called her a fucking pig i think oh really yeah but little piggy i made it kind of cute i made it <laughs> yeah, cute in my mind sweet. Yeah. And I did Fox and Friends a few times. So anyway, oh, all of yeah. that. But you know, like I think I was about to say I was such a whore for TV. Someone like anyone like any TV appearance. I'm like, I'll be there. Um, of course. Yeah, well, we would. would now. Yeah. Oh, if, she, if Sean Hannity called down, I'd be like, be right there. <laughs> Absolutely. I did Geraldo. Geraldo. Not so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dying to go. Geraldo. <laughs> I did Geraldo. So oh, because oh. I had done Fox for so long, I think I started accruing hmm. some conservative okay. listeners then. And then on Corolla, um, I got to more of them. So once I went off on my own, I... Because his is half. Do you think his audience half and half? I don't know if they're half and half anymore because he's become so much more political. I think they probably skew right wing. I think yeah. they at one point they were probably half and half. And is it mm, half and half women, men? Or do you think it's I majority think it's more dudes? Men. More men, yeah. Wow. He's become... We're talking about Corolla now. Yeah. Like he's become more political. I have and no more, idea. Yeah. But right wing political. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I was on the show for four years and I had launched my podcast during that time um, and it was doing really well and I was very comfortable and I thought that I was doing a really good job and that I was like part of the show and I just was completely blindsided when I got an email from him. I was in, we, uh, Daniel and I, my husband and I had gone to New York for Christmas and, um, I got this email and the subject line. So this was at the very end of 2014. The subject line was 2015. And it was just like, um, you know, wanted to let you know that we're revamping the show for 2015 and we won't be bringing you back. <gasps> and I like, I felt like the ground like kind of buckle well, and I was like, Oh my God. And I showed Daniel and like we, we were just killing time before our flight. Like we had checked out of our hotel and Thank then, God you weren't going to do something fun. Like you're about to go into a Broadway <laughs> show. Like, come on, honey. I know. No, it was just, yeah, we just had, we had an evening flight and we had checked out of our hotel. So we were in central park walking around. Um, and I remember like, I'm like, I gotta sit down. <laughs> so I sat down and read the rest of it. And it was like a pretty 
cordial email. But at the same time, when I read it, my reaction was, oh, he's pissed. I don't know how I, how I knew that. Well, I think because of the weird lack of like him talking to me in person way, you know, but like I said, like it was like a pretty cordial email. It didn't really make sense to me. It was so abrupt too. Like out of so nowhere. out of nowhere. It was so out of nowhere. And it was also like something about like, at one point I had it memorized, but it was like, <laughs> it's nothing against you personally, just that you maybe like something about like I was miscast in the role as sidekick. Ew! And I was like, Four years later, like Ugh. that's the thing is that it didn't it didn't ring true to me. I think that's what made me know go like, oh, he's pissed. Is that it's like this doesn't make sense that for four years, he, now you're realizing that this wasn't right for me. I was pretty stunned, and I remember I cried a tiny bit on the plane, and that was the only time I cried about it actually. Um, but like I did, were you concerned about your? finances yeah everything okay. yeah, yeah oh my god that's awful yeah th- I was just like oh my god what am I gonna do um yeah and so I cried a little bit but I and I was just like what an asshole <laughs> um and then you're like um I'll have a chardonnay <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't I wasn't crushed by it that's the weird thing is that like it wasn't you know when I think of the debt things that I would classify as devastating it never fell into that category. It wasn't like being broken up with out of the blue where you're like, I thought you loved me. It it turned into a thing that was actually a, a good thing in my life because I had really kind of fallen into a depression, I think. And I just felt like I was in a rut a bit. And it like lit this fire under my ass where all of a sudden I'm like, I need to get my... I need to keep my show going and I need to figure that out and I need to, you know, create a recording studio in my home and I need to find a producer and I need to. Were you doing your show out of his? Yeah, I was doing my show out of his studio. And also I was on his network. So. um, And was it like the we changed the locks? Good luck. We're keeping your plant or could you go get your shit? (laughs) He said in the email. So my producer at that time was this guy, Gary, who worked for him. Fucking Gary. (laughs) I know where this is headed. He said, he's like, I'll tell Gary that he's free to, um, to work out, you know, any, whatever arrangement he wants with you. So I thought Gary was going to continue producing my show. Um, but then Gary sort of became not that community. Like it was weird with Gary from the get go. And looking back, I should have realized that like there was more going on because it shouldn't have taken him that long to respond to my emails. And, um, so anyway, then I ended up, so this other guy who worked there, Jeff, who I had known from the beginning too, he quit to me. That was this sort of sign of loyalty. And so he came on. Yeah, it was really nice. I don't, I'm not trying to say he quit because I got fired, but I think it was potentially a factor. Um, so then he started producing my show. At what point did you start feeling liberated freedom? Yeah. Not on the flight. Cause on the flight I was just like, Oh shit. Like, what am I going to do? Um, but pretty soon after I would say, because I got so much attention from it, not, I didn't expect it. And it, it was sort of unexpected, but it was this weird, nice perk because people lost their minds when they found out that I had been fired mm. because it's like Robin getting fired. Yeah. God yeah. Damn. You know, well, that's the thing is that I think in the same way that I thought that you guys 
were a couple. Um, I think when you hear people a lot, you want to assume that they are truly a family. Mm. Yeah. And so then when one of them is all of a sudden gone, it's like devastating to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and they had gotten to know me for four years. So I think that they were they were they were pretty upset. He, his ego, he thought he could just be like, you're yes. not the show. Mm. Did yeah. you talk to it? Did he talk to you? Mm-mm. So you haven't since, I haven't, since then haven't even. But talked. you have Correct. to tell us why. Why we haven't talked. I mean, why did he do that? I don't, so that's the thing is that I don't really know. I really don't know. I think. Oh, I thought I read. Am I just reading rumors or conjecture? What did you read? I read that it had something to do with um, like. Legal fees? Like like an Amazon link. And okay. Well, so there's. So anyway. Yes, that is probably what it is, but I don't really know. He did this show. It's coming down to you making money and him wanting your money. Yeah. Right? So everyone on his network, we all had these um, Amazon click-throughs that like most podcasts have them, where if someone buys, like clicks through your website, buys something, you get like a, a percentage of what they buy and it doesn't cost them anything extra. Um, so I had a rev share deal with him where he was already taking – like half of everything I earned anyway on your own private. It, it wasn't private. It was my show and I mean, my show was on his network. Yeah, okay. But from the beginning, I always owned my show. That was our agreement. And also the show that I had started the streaming internet show, like that was Alison Rosen's your new best friend. So it had existed in some form before I was ever on his network. But anyway, like, yeah, I, the, uh, the arrangement always was that I own my show. Um, but we had this rev share because I was on his network, etc. So, he was sued by a patent troll and was raising money to fight, um, which like it was not I'm not going to say it wasn't a noble fight because most people when they're sued by a patent troll, I think they're like, this is just going to be too. I'm just going to pay it and make it go away. And he wanted to fight it. So he was raising money to fight the patent troll. And I got this email from an assistant that's like, as you know, we're rerouting all the Amazon links to the patent troll fund, da, da, da. And I was like, what? Like, that's your money that you make. And I had, um, I knew at that, I think Daniel and I might have just started doing IVF and fertility stuff. So it was like. That costs a million dollars a day. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that was money. It was like a, a, a. it was money that I counted on every month. It was part of my salary basically. So I did not take that well. And I think that if they had come, here's the thing though, if they had come to me and sat me down and said like, Hey, we want to talk to you about this. Is there any way that you could like treated me with respect? And like I was in, cause I always felt like on the main show, I am his employee. But when it comes to my podcast, we're business partners um, and that's how I always handled it. And that's how I felt. And so I felt like they didn't respect me with the way they just told me they had an assistant tell me this is happening. I mean, they with all due, like, I'm me. not going to help you sue a patent troll or fight no. a patent troll. Right. I'm going to go ahead and get my IVF and pay my own bills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I talked to him about that and I was like, Hey, I, you know, I heard this is happening. Um, this is freaking me out because we are looking at, you know, we have these expenses coming up and this is money that I rely on. Is there, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, yeah, don't, you know, don't worry about it. That was like a Mike August thing. That's what he said. This is money guy. Like he, he came up with that idea. Like, don't even worry about it. But I think that that was not actually how he felt. And I think that probably around that time and also, so I'm jumping all around. Um, 
I was like brainstorming ways that I could raise money for him to show him. Cause I knew, I knew that it didn't look good that I had said no to that. Okay. Like I had this, that is so me too. -y. I don't oh, yeah. like that environment. Do you like that? No, that temperature, that climate. Yeah. It's just like, now you feel like shit because well, I you feel like it's fucked up that, we were all expected beyond. Yeah. I feel like it's like not quite right. It's not quite well, not right. Your partners. Yeah. And also not... that's his fight. No one right, else is getting right, sued. Right, right. And he's already getting half of that money anyway. It's not like none's going to him. So it just, it, it, fuck you, Adam Carolla. <laughs> it felt really unfair <laughs> to me, but I wanted to do some gesture to show that I'm on board. So, and so that's when my husband and I, went on our honeymoon where our dog died. But I was like brainstorming, like I'm going to do a show and all the proceeds will go to this or whatever. Like a live show. Yeah. That's okay. what I was thinking of doing. Like I was trying to come up with ideas. Um, just all to show women that, that like, got to dance around. Yeah. And then, um, then as soon as we got back, I found out that the thing had been like settled and it was done. Oh, oh. but I think he wanted to fire me then. And I think that, that's my hunch is that he wanted to fire me then. However, because my dog had died, he, I think he was like, Oh fuck, I can't do it now. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know. That's just always been my suspicion. And then how many months later? That was August. And then, oh, okay. So the December. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad you told the story <laughs> yeah. because it's pretty much, I mean, what's online is pretty much true. I didn't realize he was getting right wing. Well, I definitely I knew he was chauvinist. <laughs> okay. So on your, since, he talked politics when you were on that. Yeah. But on your podcast, um, do do you feel like there's anything off limits, even if it's not political? Like, even if you're just like, um, I was trying. I thought of a good one last night. That like might, like like a like mol being molested, like stuff yeah, like that. or like like, well, like you won't say rape. Like sometimes or, we say rape right. in a casual way, and right. people get them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Is there anything? That I feel is off limits. And it could be political too. It could be offensive. Yeah. This segment's called Off Limits. <laughs> there yeah. really isn't. However, I do get shit sometimes for being flip or glib. Um, like, okay, so I have Allison Rosen's new best friend, and then I have a new podcast that I'm doing with. Do you guys know Greg Fitzsimmons? We know of Medium. him, but we yeah. don't know him personally. Okay. Um, and it's called Childish. And it's a, it's like loosely about parenting, but people who don't have kids like it. And I would love if everyone goes and listens to it. We have parents, like cool yeah. ones. Yeah. Because we like be like, your kids are annoying. And they're like, I hate my kids and stuff. <laughs> they're cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he mentioned Mario Batali getting Me Too'd. And he referred to it as getting Me Too'd. And someone wrote in and was like offended with his usage of that phrase because it sounds like it's blaming the victim and da, 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 da. and like my when I read that I'm like oh come on you know yeah. that that's not how we meant it but then I go but if that really bothered you maybe I should take a second to you know repent I I don't know yeah <laughs> consider know. consideration yeah and you then seem like a considerate person I had Mark Norman on he's a comedian and he was talking about Comedy is like filled with oddballs and weirdos and we shouldn't be putting it under a microscope and people have lost their sense of humor. And, da, da, da. and then I was talking about having gotten into this fight with someone on Instagram, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is such, such a good use of time. <laughs> and it was like the kind of like 
multiple days ongoing fight where I was I was doing someone's podcast and I arrived a couple minutes early and I'm like, oh, I have time to check my Instagram comments. And then I'm just like in a rage. It was a college student who felt that certain topics should be off limits for jokes no matter what. And I disagree with that so strongly. I feel like there's a way you can make jokes about anything. And also, I feel like James Gunn was unfairly maligned. Um, do you, what was Guardians of the Galaxy... He, I've had him on my show a few times. I like him. What? Oh, so what he was. Tell a, us. He Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, writer, director, and Mike Cernovich, and or like a bunch of right wing guys found uh, tweets of his That's from right. like ten over That's ten right. years ago that he had erased. That uh, were if you if you erase the tweets, you need to get out of my business. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, I my sense of humor, you know, he was trying to make provocative jokes. They weren't funny, and they they were like pedophile jokes. I, I remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's but right. like he is not a pedophile. That you know, he was he he says he was trying to be provocative at the time. So, so you were fighting about that on Instagram? No, we were fighting about whether it's ever okay oh. to make a joke about xyz and i'm like yeah no everything is fine uh, yeah like i grew up on truly tasteless jokes those books so anyway (sighs) um we had that conversation and then i there was i got this comment from someone that was like um like saying the whole me too movement is just a bunch of humorless people who don't get jokes and i'm like that's not at all what we said Oh, I they even, love to twist your yeah, words and yeah. take it around. That's why you don't. Do you feel like it gets dicey when you feel like, well, maybe I should apologize or maybe I should this, and then it's like, but then that's going to get you in trouble yeah. too. Yeah, it's I like, always feel my second. My first thought is always, "Hey, wait a minute," and then my second thought is always, "I should just apologize," and then my third thought is like, "Wait, should I? Have should I just ignore that? this?" Yeah, I don't know. I always feel. I think in general, as a person, I side with with the minority or the underdog or the person who feels who has been hurt. So if someone is like, I feel hurt by this, then I want to be open to hearing them. Um, So it's just like finding where the line is. Yeah, I think it's always like it's I think it's always important to at least like hear it because and it's and it is a good opportunity to learn. I mean, we we don't. Um, I for me, well, I don't generally I don't do a lot of like social media. We get a lot of blowback for the actual podcast. Like I bet you don't get for your podcast, like a lot of people being assholes. Not a ton anymore. Cause I think that some of the the people who had a problem with my politics, even though I don't talk about it that much, like probably don't listen anymore. That's been sort of a evolution oh, yeah. of all these years that I'm no longer on on the Corolla show. Um, but occasionally we do get pushback, you know, because even just the slightest political thing, yeah. someone will have a problem with. It's almost better. It's like if they're not going to get down, even jokes wise, the line that I do is on the Patreon. If they get offended, I I would take it seriously because mm-hmm. they are our employers. Essentially, I'm like, you pay the money. I'm going to hear what you have to say. Yeah. You don't pay me anything. Then get out of my face. <laughs> what kind of things will they be offended by? Well, we have said very offensive things. Like, I'm like wondering if I've done a pedophile tweet. I probably have. Like, I'm like, sh- you know, Shiloh's hot. Oh, give her my number or something. But um, it's when somebody is like, I mean, come on. That is classless making fun right. of. It. And it's like, no, we weren't, we weren't doing that. Absolutely not yeah. doing that. And, right. yeah. and then do better. And it's yeah. like, oh, God, delete. I've yes. heard that. Yeah. You, you can only come out of it not feeling 
awful and like <laughs> right. t- like you've just been in a toxic situation if you do apologize otherwise you just gotta ignore it you right. really do we just say casual we just say casually rude things constantly <laughs> i mean we really do yep. and or even <laughs> if politically stuff even when we have anthony scaramucci on like you should even that like you could have pushed him more you could have done this more you could have done that more and it's like well why don't what are you doing like <laughs> Yeah. Like, what, where were you? I don't. Right. We're doing the best we can. Like, yeah, we're not. I'm not. We're not Fox. We're not. We're. 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 You know what I so, mean? So, but you only get anyway. politics when when people are offended. Nobody's ever like. No, 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 no. Oh. I for sure because I um, I gained a lot of weight with Elliot, and then I lost it, and then now I've gained a lot of weight. Well, you're pregnant. Yeah, but I mean, I've gained like twice as much as you're supposed to gain. Although, thankfully, this doctor has not said anything about it. Fuck um, off. Yeah. With that. My whole thing. How dare. I was like, one thing's for certain. If I'm able to get pregnant again, I am not gaining all that weight. Like, I'm going to do like a really controlled, like, I'm just going to gain, you know, whatever the exact, like, because I didn't want to have to go through losing all the weight again. And then I don't know at what point I weighed myself. And it like first trimester and I'd already gained 18 pounds and like the recommendation is like three to five or something you know and then I'm like this is exactly how much I gained with Elliot and then I was like oh this is out of my control like I it was sort of naive to think that I could do this one differently like it's the exact same thing happening to my body why would I think that my body would behave differently so anyway though it's been really tough for me because I'm someone I totally have body image issues I was overweight as a kid um, my weight has always gone up and down and up and down. And I had managed to keep it down for years and years and years and years um, until getting pregnant. So it was like, oh, my God, I'm watching it go back up on the scale. Yeah. And I talked a lot about that on my show. And a lot of people related. And then a fair amount of people found it triggering and felt like I was fat shaming, yeah. even if it's just myself. And that, like, I someone left a comment on that like they, they had to stop listening because like I clearly still have eating disorder issues and it's just too painful to like hear me not be, I don't know. So like, yeah. And and I think about that and I think, um, I, I don't, I can't even quite wrap my head around what I did that was offensive. You're allowed to do that about your own self. Yeah. It's like, what you can't slut shame your own self and be like, God, I was such a slut. I mean, Jesus, get some class, (laughs) you know? And they're like, don't slut shame even yourself. It's triggering me. It's tough. It's tough. And then I go, I mean, it's tough because the thing is like, I do, I'm not one of those people who's like, fuck them. I'm, you know, I, I, I don't ever apologize and I say what I want. Like I, I always want to be that person. I never have ever been that person. I care way too much about whatever. I don't ever want to hurt anyone's feelings. So it's tough because I don't ever want to offend anyone and I'm trying to do better and I'm trying to do right. And I'm like trying so hard, but I also don't want it to get in the way of me as a performer and being yourself. Yes, exactly. I don't want to censor myself. So it's tough, especially talking about something like that, which is you showing your vulnerability. Now you're going to be like you, you, you saying you don't care. And also then not talking about it. Then you're becoming invulnerable in like every way. That's not appealing. Right. You know, it's like it is. I mean, we don't even we are so rude that we don't even get a a thing of shaming at that point. At this point, it's like it's on the table. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And I and I I I I do have a feel. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody either. And or I don't actually don't care about offending people. What I don't want is to hurt anybody's feelings. So but at the same time, if I have to be responsible for my feelings, then you have to be responsible for yours and we can be adults and we can be responsible for our own feelings. Like if I'm going to talk about myself and you get triggered, that is your problem. Right. On our very first Patreon. Was it about weight? I don't remember what it was about, but mm. this girl wrote the 
the nicest like comment and it was like mm-hmm. it kind of bummed me out or yeah. it was it was the way it was worded I, I i can't even begin to even do how it was worded it was so like didn't offend but showed that she was hurt but it didn't seek sympathy oh, those are sometimes the worst because like oh god this person's totally in the right that's right i'm like teach yeah. me that teach me how you wrote that because she didn't victimize herself which will make us be like yeah you know that's a turn off right and it, it was the way she wrote it i mean we immediately took it down we yeah. immediately took it down and recorded it and we were like please you know like yeah well yeah stay a patreon that was not our intention at all we're just new to this and we're gross and, and if you and approaching <laughs> a lovely it, person uh, yeah and approaching it like that definitely made the difference rather than yeah. like if because basically then somebody's coming to shame me mm-hmm. it's like um you're yeah. shaming me I'm like well you're shame shaming me <laughs> yeah and now we're not getting anywhere and i can't respond to it like that so that's so true it's so hard yeah. you know like what why are we constantly shaming mm-hmm. we, well, I don't know. another yeah. thing is that I got this comment recently. I tweeted something political and then someone said, you know, it was so like removed. It was like listeners want non-political podcasts. When podcast hosts talk about politics, their ratings go down. We, you know, we'd rather not know the host politics. And like I go to her page and it's MAGA. You know, because someone who agrees with my politics is not going to have a problem with me talking mm-hmm. politics. But what bothered me about it was the like, the like studies have shown yeah, that exactly. <laughs> Whereas if she would just say something like, I like you a lot, but it's hard for me when you talk about this, then I'd yeah. be able to connect with it. Right. Um, but also when the fact that she was talking about my podcast, it's like, no, you're talking about the tweet. Yeah. That I just wrote where I said, fuck this fascist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> After his Oval Office address, like. Or some, I mean, actually it was a different tweet, but like I had, I had, I, I had like done a bunch of political tweets in a row because I was just so irritated by that. And who do you want to see run in 2020? Mm. I'm excited about Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, we are too. Yeah. We are too. We love her. Well, that's she, a perfect note to end on. That's why sure we're is. best friends. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Tell our 14 listeners how they can find you on the internet, how they can find your podcast, both of them, your book, everything. Okay. Um, AllisonRosen.com has information for everything. My book is Tropical Attire. I encourage and other phrases that scare me. If you go to AllisonRosen.com, plenty of places to click that'll take you right to Amazon where you can get it available all formats. I have two podcasts, Allison Rosen is your new best friend and Childish, and you can get those wherever you get podcasts. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Am I on Facebook? I don't know. <laughs> uh, at Allison Rosen. Yay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What a delight. Now it's time for So There's That. Okay, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find something positive that's happening amongst all the shitty ass shit that goes on every single minute in this world. I noticed some, so there's that suggestion tweets and emails, <laughs> um, one from Jesse and Julie Lang. And I got to say, I really was happy to see Iran Aro back in the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you ended up choosing any of our unpaid interns' suggestions. So let us know, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that moment for this week? Uh Uh-huh. Well, uh, I want to thank thank you guys for sending the so there's that suggestions. I did look at them and I did enjoy them and I do think that they were great. But I did not choose them for this week's so there's that. Okay. 
Sometimes you just have to go rogue. I went rogue. But I think people sending them in really inspired you and made you feel cared about and loved and supported. It did. It did. And it helps me because I then look at their thing. Right. And it could, I could be like, oh, I love that. And I did. Believe me, I was close. I was close. I was close to, to, uh, to the rape or killer. I was close. <laughs> it's when you guys don't send anything and that she feels alone and angry and is like, no one cares about yes, this. There is thing. no. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to do it? I can't do it. Well, so somehow I was just, I don't know. I was looking through the things that they sent. And then I, and then we were discussing this earlier today and I just, it's been, it's been on my mind. Okay. So, uh, I'm interested to see what this is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's just dive in. Dive right in. Dive right in. Well, I was the first one to make fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> That's correct. Um, correct. So I You're was... You're like, first commenter. <laughs> first one. I was the first commenter. Yeah. I shit on her so hard. I shit on her new green deal until it turned brown. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> new brown and deal. And I, th- I thought it's... Because I thought it sounded insane. I thought she sounded insane. She And I also didn't like the way she just came in... You were nice. I said she was cocky about Nance Pelosi before she was sworn in, and mm. I didn't appreciate that. Mm. And then you then took a huge shit on the Green Deal, and you were like, no. <laughs> right. Well, we both felt she came in too hot. She came in hot. She yeah. came in too hot. She hasn't spent a second taking a seat and giving deference to the senior senators. She's a fresh- <laughs> And the senior citizens. And the senior citizens. <laughs> She's a freshman among giants and elderly. She <laughs> was an asshole to Nance Pelosi, and she sounds like a 12-year-old who skipped several grades and is forced to be around the adults, but everyone just finds her super fucking annoying, precocious, and obnoxious. With that said- She's really grown on me. Yeah. <laughs> I know we like her now. Um, and I'm I've like, got she's to- wearing hoop earrings and you're like, I'm going to read the whole green deal. New green deal. It's only 14 pages. <laughs> so, and I have to, you know, listen, part of 2019 is opening our hearts. You guys, it's crunchy 19. O- We're our opening hearts. our fucking hearts and we are admitting when we harshly judge people yes. and giving people a chance to change. And that includes yes. people that make big, 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 bad mistakes. That's right. That is, we're true. trying to let those people change. That's right. So Alexandria, um, I just got to call her AOC. I can't, I can't, okay, okay, go cause ahead. every, cause the kids call her. That. I call her Ocas. Oh, Alexandria. <laughs> Can I? Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to call her Ocas. Okay. Okay. In this, in probably yeah, forever. forever. Okay. AOC. I don't know. It's a restaurant in LA. Ayak. So Ocas, as the, as Brandy calls her. And now as I will call her, just revealed her new green deal. And though it does sound absolutely insane, and I don't believe the timeline is in really probably any way realistic, but what I did realize is that she's right. That's, Fucking know-it-all knew it. <laughs> and it's time we put our guards down and our annoyance aside and our heads out of the sand and our collective heads out of our asses. Climate change and the physical damage we've done to this earth isn't just a plot of some awesome sci-fi movies or a distant past that we were able to fix with the technology of Star Trek as we look back in pity to our antiquated medieval selves. No, this is now. And it's scary as fuck. I mean, not that... I mean, it's scary, but it's not that scary because we don't have kids and we'll be dead. And honestly, as far as the future goes, fuck it. However, do I want to live through an ice age and the horror of weather and swarms and tsunamis and famine and the insects dying and not having fresh drinking water and being put in the position of Sophie's choicing my pets? No, I do not. Well, 
even though Acas is standing on the shoulders of Theodore Roosevelt, Al Gore, hippies, vegans, PETA, Nancy Pelosi, to name a few, the bitch is right and on the right track, and we have to listen. Sometimes the messenger comes in a form that's challenging and challenges, but that's part of the message. Not only is the Green New Deal a testimony and witness to the fact that we're killing the earth and ourselves, it's not going to be a big boom. It's going to be a slow, torturous, sad, destructive process. And Ocas isn't the first messenger of this. It's been coming to us for years. And maybe we've been just listening a little bit. And some have answered the call to action. But most of us have been lazy and complacent. And I am guilty of that for sure. And Priuses don't count and Al Gore no, bugs. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they do bug. But they were right. The New Green Deal isn't just about climate change. It's also a mission statement about the kind of society we want to be living in. It's a call to action for economic equality and the truth about what's happening to the earth. It calls for sustainable farming, Medicare for everyone, renewable energy, new jobs, more jobs, equality, global diplomacy, women's rights, human rights, and there's more. I urge you to download the 14-page document. It's pretty easy to read. The New Green Deal is important, it's urgent, and we need to start enacting it the best way we can and be the change we need to be. In 10 years, we will look back at this time after not lifting a lazy, entitled, scoffing finger as we drink our toxic water and watch out the window as our window blows out from the window at a 200-mile-per-hour wind. It's the scene in the sci-fi movie where the audience member goes, man, human beings were such egotistical, selfish, lazy, greedy assholes. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I laughed at you, Akas. I mean, I'm not not because you bug, but also you're right on course here. And I hope you don't stop and keep fighting. I hope I can afford to build a death bunker to my in my house to house my loved ones and keep and live off the well. I get fresh water I collect from my tears. I especially hope the old white men start either listening and helping or dying and getting the fuck out of the way. The new green deal is quite possibly the most important thing we can do to heal our entire existence. I mean, Americans, anyway, you know what I mean? Let's be honest. The New Green Deal is really just for Americans. Because, I mean, if we're really honest about it, I could name, like, a lot of countries who are still going to fucking, like, destroy the earth. They India, are. China. Completely. So, like, don't be gross and get on board, okay? You know what I mean? Like, let's get out of the toilet, everyone. And, Ocas, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. So, there's that. episode of dumb gay politics we love you guys thank you for listening um we really hope to see you all in austin we've sold so many more tickets than we ever expected and we're almost sold out so if you want to go and you haven't got your tickets yet or you've been thinking about going um you got to get on brandy and julianbrandy.com <laughs> www.julianbrandy.com um and get your tickets now and if you're interested in singing our opening song send us a message there too <laughs> and if you can't go to Austin, maybe you want to just give us some money instead. <laughs> it's super easy. Just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and sign up. For $1 a week, you get a whole extra hour podcast. It's not political, and there are two free episodes, so there's no reason not to check it out. And as always, it's been real, and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay, and it's been dumb. And better. It's been better. How'd you do, I? See you've met, man faithful hand in hand he's just a little brought down because when you knocked 
he thought she was a candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my Tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 